Hey friends, you're listening to Changing the Conversation, a podcast by African Leadership and the Mocha Club, where we take time to sit down and explore topics to challenge our perspective in pursuit of better loving people and the world around us. Have we got a fun podcast episode for you today on changing the conversation? Hey, it's Fallon here with my co-host, Emily Blackledge. If you are a Mocha Club member, chances are you may have joined our organization because of one of the two guests that we have on today. They are local musicians here in Nashville and have been a part of the Mocha Club family since the beginning. Can you guess? We're killing two birds with one stone today as we share our conversation with Matt Wirtz and Dave Barnes. We talk all things music, Mocha Club, and the incredible impact these guys have made in Africa. I'm so excited to share my and Emily's conversation with Matt Wirtz and Dave Barnes. Did you ever think there'd be a Mocha Club podcast? Because you guys are the OGs. Uh, Of Mocha Club, pretty much. Yeah. I dreamed about it. I hoped there would be. Right. Y'all, we're just talking life here. We're talking mocha club. Great. We're talking music. We're talking life. Talking the club. We're talking. Talking it up. Life. Talking it up on the mocha club talk show. This is wow. How she talking gets about the gold issues. <laughs> we should also note that Emily's standing up. I was up. literally yeah. about to say that. Emily is, is yeah, no standing up. The rest us. of us are standing up. I will down. not do this again. Y'all are my last. You and Annie Downs are my last. We need to ones. make this quick so your feet don't catch Prior. on fire. Oh, no. This is actually way better than. You're like I haven't felt there my feet for six months. There are too many arms and legs. <laughs> yeah, Emily's pregnant with twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the, really the stand up is a better move. Yeah, yeah, better move. Okay, let's dive in. Let's do yeah, it. let's do it. Fourteen years ago, mm. you guys were sitting we're at a just table, babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, babies. And Barrett Ward came to you and said, "Hey, I have an idea." Actually, I wasn't there for that. Really? Matt was the maiden voyage of that. Mm-hmm. It's all a little foggy for me. Is it? I just remember being at Barrett's house one night, and I think there was a there was a party, and he like pitched the idea for the Mo Club, and I was like, and I just said, you you should take it on the road. Like you should have. I should talk about it. That's awesome. And it was just that. It was, was just that. that you'd it it was just been? that simple. Huh? Like you hadn't been in Africa yet. No, we had been to Africa. Y'all did that South Africa trip with him? Wait, 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 wait. We went to Africa, and then the idea for the Mo Club came after that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, according to Jeremy Cowart and Barrett Ward. Yeah. Yes. Then that would trust them much more than my recollection. Sure. Yeah. Wait, make- why did why did we go? We went because Africa was like a really hot thing in the moment. And but, we- but, Barrett but was wasn't- already Barrett was already at African leadership yes. and working. Mm-hmm. That and was so it. y'all went to it. see Yeah, because he was kind of like, let's go see that. Yeah. yeah. But the Mocha Club was like a vehicle, a fundraising vehicle that mm-hmm. he had come up with. That he was dreaming post-trip. about. Yeah, After that. post-trip. Post-trip, PT. Mm-hmm. Post-trip. Do you yeah. guys remember that trip at all? Trip. That first oh, yeah. time to Africa? Yeah. Was that both of y'all's first trip? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a really, really, really fun trip. Yeah. It was really Just fun. Kidding. Yeah, you talk about it. <laughs> Wait a minute, was it, was it not hard? <laughs> no, it wasn't hard. It was actually like for me, I w- it was way different than what I thought it was going to be. I was like prepared for we are staying in huts yeah. and huh. pizza like huts. pizza huts. So I was a little like yeah, no, con- I, I, that's yeah. Also, it was like it was this weird thing where. South Africa felt very European, like where we were, sure. where we sure. were, and I was. A little confused, and I was like, I felt some guilt. I think 
like retrospectively I'm realizing like I think I felt some guilt for like having as cushy of a um of a trip. Yeah. That mm-hmm. and we're like in this place that I don't know. I was like Africa is supposed to be like different than this. Yeah. That's what I thought, you know. Well, and, and you know, we both have been back a few times since and when my wife and I went with Barrett and Rachel two trips later, we did the Southern Sudan stay in huts, mm. like mm-hmm. a fence somebody made around you in the middle of nowhere. Right. Like coyotes waking you up in the middle of the night. That Whoa. and but I think with you, that's what I thought the first trip would be. Right. But Barrett was wise enough to sort of go no, this needs to be sort of like a soft entry, so we don't, you know, just just for whiplash. And, no, I think it was you know. smart. But but that said, I mean, I laughed because the third time that same trip where we went to Sudan on the third time I went was the first time that I had ever been to like the nicer part of Nairobi. I remember huh. laughing with oh, Barrett because yeah. I was like, dude, I didn't even know this was here. Like there was a, not nice movie, but you know, nice movie theater, yeah. and yeah. it's where all the diplomats mm-hmm. live. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And I remember laughing. He's like, yeah, I just, that was never, why bring you here? You know this. And so right. I think the wisdom is, even though it wasn't like, why as bad bring as we thought, it, there was, like, he was very um, he was very disciplined to, like, we hit the ground and basically immediately went to Kyalicha. Yeah. You know, which and so, rough. which is really rough. And so it, it, was a re- it was a weird juxtaposition of we stayed with, um, I think, some missionaries at Barrett yeah. New. Uh-huh. And, you know, like a, normal kind of house like yeah. something I would say uh, you know you're like yeah I've been to one of these houses in the world before right um, wasn't nice but it wasn't at all again what you're sort of assuming right sure but then you're driving the two miles three miles to this mm-hmm. you know million people in a mm-hmm. square mile yeah and you're going oh yeah there's some disparity here so right. mm-hmm. it was kind of an I was thankful the way Barrett always did those trips because he was really good to sort of go like when we stayed in Uganda the second trip that was like, that was really hard for me because we were in that orphanage. You know, we were there for four or five days, and we when had we were in Gulu. Yeah, that was mm. that was a, a totally different trip, yeah, right? Yeah, we didn't yeah. yeah, but that was hard for me because I was like, we're sitting around doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I've never been that bored in my life. And he was kind enough to kind of go, hey, let's kind of have a little excursion here and there. We right. went to the mall right. each night just to get, you know, because right. that's not your R- my RPMs were not right. that low. Right. So after. 10 hours of sitting with kids and thinking of everything you can think of. I'm mean, never forget Brad Skipper on this trip built stuff because he got, he was just he like, so I have bored. to do something. So he huh. literally built them like a sidewalk and steps and the whole thing. Because, you know, you just kind of go, like, I got to do something. Yeah. The American way. And I remember, yeah. like, well, and, and you know, I mean, it's like, it's you, hard to slow down. It's hard much. to slow down. So, yeah. you know, anyway, you know, but I think Barrett did a good job of kind of going when we got there that first trip, kind of going, Here's what's going on. Here's the people. Right. But, you know, there's where we're staying. Yeah. So there's a little bit of like you can right. adjust. But it wasn't near what I thought for sure. No, and I mean, mm-hmm. the reality is it, anything would have been uncomfortable for me because it was like not America. And it was probably one of the first like big trips like that that I'd been to. So it was like sure. anything would have been like, even if we were in a first world country, I would have been like, what is going right. on? You know? Yeah. So I think a lot of it was just like the whole time I'm just trying to like get my bearings and feel some kind of like, like I have some control over anything. You know what I mean? Sure. So like going back, it's been way better, mm. but I've traveled a lot more too. So 
And you've visited a lot of our partners. I have over the years because I think because I've gone with Char several times. Mm -hmm. And I guess I went with with Barrett another time. With you and Char. Yeah, Char and I went and we like covered a lot of ground (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. and just got updates from from a lot of the Mocha partners. And then I went with Barrett um, once on a quick trip to kind of get some. To, to mm-hmm. I got to meet the the women who were making the yeah, scarves. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, yep. Barrett and I went to Uganda. Oh, okay. And the Village of Hope. No, you went to Alilta, right? Didn't you see the women making scarves? We did. Oh, okay. Ethiopia. Okay. Oh, that was Ethiopia. Yeah, and then you did Uganda and Malawi and and Kenya. Yeah, with Char. With Char. But I also okay. went with Barrett. We did go to Gulu. To, um, and and Kibera or uh, at Gulu, and then what's the bigger uh, south uh, city in in Kampala. Uganda? Kampala. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. Um, it was like a street. It was an orphanage for street kids in Kampala. You all probably stopped. Yeah. There. All I know <laughs> is that we that Barrett had the dates mixed up, and we came back from Gulu a day <laughs> early, thinking that we were flying out, and we like went to the airport, and they're like, no. You like wrong day. No, there's no flight. <laughs> oh, it was, it was the next day. So we there like, are so well, many very okay. later stories. And not like I know, yesterday. I know. So we went and stayed at like a nice hotel for a night. We're like, let's rent some movies and, and get some get some <laughs> yeah, uh, de- sort of decompress. Yeah, it was great. That really is that one of the things that's got, especially with South Africa, but I mean, so many parts of Africa, is there's this. You know, I've used this word before, but you know, there is such a big disparity between like South Africa is one of the most beautiful places mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievably gorgeous. The weather's yeah. amazing. Very L.A., mm-hmm. or at least, you know, where we were in Cape Town. Cape Town. But, like, you know, the beach, it's just stunning. Mm-hmm. It's, the you know, you go to any of the wine country there, you know, and Stellenbosch, any of that area. It's just gorgeous. And then you go into these areas where it's like extreme poverty mm-hmm. and miles away, if even miles in some of those cases, you know, there's a total different culture. And so it's really interesting because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I think you fly, or at least I flew in thinking like, here we go. Just like, I remember I packed like the worst stuff I had. Oh, yeah. Literally, I was well, like, what th- are the shoes like, that I haven't worn in years? And I the remember jeans flying that I can- in like, there won't be any lights. Like, I yeah, just remember, yeah. like uh-huh. even just yeah. seeing a yeah. city full of yeah. lights felt right. the first time felt yeah. like, oh my gosh, they have electricity? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then to see yeah. development, regardless of whether you're in yeah. Nairobi or Uganda yeah. or, or someplace more exotic like South Africa, you just kind of assume what I've heard about this place isn't yeah. measuring up with what I can see. And then you get to go experience some of those other things mm-hmm. that you've heard. Well, and then, you know, the people, which to me is mm-hmm. the most incredible part of oh, that absolutely. continent. I'll never forget. I ne- I mean, I, I knew that I was a racist, but I don't think I ever felt that so acutely as when we were driving down. And I don't mean to make more of that. I think we're all racist, but right. I, I didn't Would realize. You call me? <laughs> I didn't realize <laughs> but like, I didn't realize that it was one of the most clear memories of that trip. Was we were with Barrett in the van, and we're driving down one of these streets, and it kind of feels like we're in the middle of nowhere mm. in Cape Town. And there's all these African men standing in the front yards just kind of, like, hanging out. And, you know, these guys look tough. Like, I remember thinking, like, these guys could take me out. Mm -hmm. And Barrett was like, you should wave at somebody. And I was like, you sure? And he's like, yeah. And I waved. And it was like (laughs) they lit up 
smiling, like, hello, yes. hello. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm such a terrible <laughs> human being. But Barrett was so kind and sort of going like, yeah. This is what this trip is for. Like, right. we need to yes. sort of deal with bust, this thing. Bust up the yeah. preconceived yeah, exactly. yeah. notions. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, in our Sunday school class at church yesterday, we had an African-American guy and a white guy talking about their relationship. And one of the things that um, Anthony uh, is the African-American guy. Anthony said, he said, you know, one of the trickiest things about trying to sort of cross that race line, at least in America, and it's, and it's different, obviously, when you go to Africa, but is this idea of, like, Service only does so much good. It's the relationships that you right. build in serving that are the real mm. work. Yeah, that's really the point. Mm-hmm. And it and I mm-hmm. think Larry did a good job of that. You know, yeah. when we went with Larry Warren, you know, he he really was honest about that. Like, mm-hmm. don't look at this as something you're coming to fix because they've got people here that can do that work. Right. It's about right. meeting right. people and hearing stories. And that was one of the things that really drew me to the work that you know Mocha Club was helping to facilitate was that it was like we're not trying to like start another thing we're just trying right. we're are trying to get behind people that are doing already doing stuff good work yeah. you know yeah. and um and so that like attracted me to um the idea of the mocha club you mm-hmm. know and just and just also the the idea of like how easy it was and to to kind of like include and invite other people to join right. in because of the lower buy-in, mm-hmm. right. you know, mm-hmm. which at that point was kind of unheard of. Seven bucks. Yeah. yeah it was very disruptive in the like, cause I mean, I think compassion and world vision were like, you know, what was it like 30 or yeah. 40 bucks a month? Yeah. So it was certainly for like the college kid who was like hearing about it at one of our shows, like seven bucks. Sure. That was me. Yeah. yeah. For real? Two birds, Bro, one yeah. stone. 2007. Where? Yeah. That was oh. a double high five. Mm-hmm. Where Calvin was- College. No Grand way. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Gosh. Is that how you heard about Mocha Club? That's how I yes. heard about Mocha Club. Come on, yeah. and here you are. Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's, it's a, that's yeah. awesome. And I've been on staff for six years, which is crazy. Whoa. But, yeah, y'all were sharing, and I was like, I have $7. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That I was the genius. CD. I mean, that, that really, yeah, no joke. That was so much of the genius to me was Barrett understanding, and, and the staff understanding, like, this is how we empower people that want to do something but feel like they can't. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think that's Absolutely. so tricky is you have so right. many people that, you know, when you put it on the scale of what it costs, they're like, I'm in. But then you get into those 30, 40s with college kids, which, you know, was our demographic at the time. They're like, yeah, like, sorry, I can't do that. Yeah. Right. But then right. when you give them a price point, they go, no. And the, you know, putting it against, which, again, was so brilliant between you and, you know, you and Barrett figuring that out was like, oh, if we just – you know, say like Baird had said, this is the. You can either give up like a cup or two of coffee, yes, right. or pe- and people suddenly go, "Oh, okay, contextually, totally." Yeah, totally yeah. Get that. it was easy, yeah. an easy connection to make. Yeah, yeah. That- I think what I what I've always loved about getting to do this work is that no one person ends up being the hero. Mm-hmm. Yes, like there's that's a, a great seven dollar Mocha Club giver mm-hmm. in Grand Rapids, Michigan who is really leveraging what they have and they want to do something with mm-hmm. who they are right. and what they have. Yeah. And then there are people that are leveraging their voices and maybe growing the own awareness of mm-hmm. Mocha. And then there's men and women that y'all have met all over the continent that are have some bright idea and ingenious plan for development and they're leveraging their piece. And so it begins to feel like an actual community. Well, right. two, I think yeah. something totally. that I always loved about it was going on those trips, we were able to speak with so much conviction because mm-hmm. we saw it like i'll never forget mm-hmm. annie and i seeing those wells in uh sudan mm-hmm. and annie's you know like pumping one of the wells, taking this video i'm like 
That, yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, you right. want to know? Because, you know, I'd have people go, like, hey, man, like, where's the money really go? And I was like, right. I can tell you exactly where the money goes. Sure. Like, this isn't yeah. something where it's getting lost in some money pot that you kind of gets right. disseminated, like we said, but not really. Uh, it was really encouraging for me with those trips to be able to say, like, oh, here's the, mm-hmm. you know, here's and to meet exactly. the people. Because, yeah. like you yeah. said, yeah. it's all these relationships. <laughs> I was on the phone with somebody the other day, and she was asking about what we do. And I said, it's, mm. it's so hard because... We work with people. Yeah. And so I can't, I don't know what's best in this little pocket right. in South Sudan. Yeah. But I have a lot of friends there that do. Like, why can't we pull together the right pieces? And- mm-hmm. It's so funny. I mean, this could be a whole other conversation we need to get into. But <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many times I got reprimanded during my shows by Mocha Club because it'd be like somebody be like, hey, we love your passion, but the 20 minute spiel when oh. you cry for five of it, and we love your heart. <laughs> We love that. Like uh, maybe just dial it back. Yeah, dad. And yeah. I was like, I can't wait. If I if I dial it back, it was well so get better. <laughs> you know, but but I think oh, you know, hilarious. I think like yeah, I was just thinking we were in southern Sudan, and we get to this village, and Barrett's like, you know, there should be a few people waiting on us, and it mm. turns out. Like the whole village come out, it was yep. this huge celebration, and Barrett's looking at me like, "I may have undershot this a little <laughs> oh my bit." Gosh. They, you know, bring us into the circle. All of the elders are there, and mm. like, Dave, can you a, sing a song? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Barrett would. I, you, oh yeah, yeah, like, just sing his life. I was like, I will, I will stab you in front of all these people. <laughs> Don't make me do this. Um, but, um, but you know, they gave us a goat. Like, they literally presented us with this goat because they were like, and they, you know, they had a translator. You know, they say, this is what we need. This is how you can do it. This is how you can help us, you know. Mm Kind of gave their spiel, which Mm -hmm. is really beautiful and touching Mm -hmm. and hard. But, you know, at the end, they were like, (laughs) they want to give you a goat. And we were like, well, then let's get you. What did you do with the goat? They tied it to the top of the truck, and we drove off. Uh, Was it alive? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait. Very alive. Emily got a rooster once. I did. I got a rooster. Cool. Mm -hmm. Did you bring it back with you? I did not. Uh. I was leaving the next day. I was in the refugee camps in Adjamani, um, so South Sudanese refugee camps in northern Uganda, and we had a two-hour drive back to back to Gulu, and we got given a rooster. We were on our way out, and I quickly realized they were giving us this rooster because they wanted to then like kill it and prepare a feast, and you know. And I'm like, oh, oh. it's gonna be dark. We can't stay around so they tied the rooster to the back of the truck and I was like no that whiplash like that thing will be dead by the time we got home but the truck was moving yes we drove the truck and in the back in the truck bed it was in the truck bed yes it wasn't like I was imagining it being like tied to the bumper and and it's like trying to keep up he's in the truck bed with all the things in our truck Picturing yeah. like a rope off the back. Uh, we, we have very different images of what's happening to this uh, poor rooster. I asked Jeffrey about it a couple months ago when he uh, was here, and he was like, "Oh yeah, it's you know, it's running around my house." It's uh, really, it is really beautiful, though. I mean, like that custom, no one has given me an animal, you know. Yeah. And so that's, know, it's kind of a beautiful thing that it that is. still happens, yeah. And that you all get to experience that. I, I mean, and, and just being out there, like, I mean. That's the deepest. I felt this huge point of pride because Barrett was like, this is the deepest I've ever been. Yeah. Like, because wow. we took two different props to get to where we were. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were out there. Right, right. Out there. And and some of the people had never seen white people before. Yeah. So that was the trip I think I thought our first trip would be. Right. Because we were like mm-hmm. in right. the bush. Right. Out there. Yep. And I was too young to be scared yet, thank the Lord. Like now being 40 mm. and having three kids, like I would have been like, 
no, 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 I can't do this. By the time I was like, yeah, we'll just sleep on the ground in a tent. And like we woke up that night literally and like they were, there was something about 10 feet from our tent, thankfully on the other side of the fence, but like fighting and eating something. Wow. And I somehow went back to sleep. You know what I mean? Those days. Right. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, well you know, <laughs> now it'd be like, oh, Jesus, sweet mother. Oh, Jesus, man. Lord. Okay, so, like, best experience you've had in Africa, and then that, like, moment of, like, oh, my gosh, how did I get here? Yeah. Ooh. What's your high? Did you get sick on that first Ooh, trip? Ooh, I got sick. Yeah, because everybody got <laughs> sick the like, me and Barrett. Oh, oh, okay. No, goodness. listen. That's a bad one. I got to tell a couple of stories. Yeah. <laughs> I told this story Please actually do. last week. You Literally. Did. Yes. I told this story. You son of a gun. <laughs> Don't you ever <laughs> Don't tell that tell story without story. me. That's my story. How dare you take my story? <laughs> but uh, you still star. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. No, you, you were the featured, okay, okay, you were the featured okay. player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we are, we are, we're on a safari. That was the other thing that I thought was really gracious to bear. Like, you know, those trips he would take you on a safari yes. to kind yeah. of let you totally. Yeah, and, and just to see the, you know, see the, see Africa. Be you know, a tourist to too. Go, yeah, yeah, be a yeah, tourist. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, that's a good way to put it. So, you know, we, we went on um, a safari and, you know, half of the crew were like sick. Like, for some reason, I didn't get sick on that trip. I got sick on the next trip. But, you know, we're out and it's beautiful. We're in this, you know, uh, in the Maasai Mara there in Kenya. and Saw no animals. Saw no animals. So, so uh-uh. we're on one of these mornings. And, you know, it's a 6 a.m. call. So, like, we're going to get up and get in mm-hmm. and we're going to see the good yeah. stuff early. No. We're driving. And it's, you know, 55 yeah. in a moving open truck. So yeah. that gets a little chilly. You know, it's an hour. We hadn't seen anything. Wurtz is so sick that he's literally got his head on my shoulder. And we're in the front seat. Cowart Bay, you know, Barrett, nobody's mind us. Worse is just miserable. And I was like, man, good on you to be like, and he was like, I got to do it, man. It's like, well, I'm never going to do this again. But he literally looks at the driver and says, man, I got to stop right now and use the bathroom. And the guy's like, no, we cannot stop here. It is too dangerous. He was like, well, it's going to be more dangerous if I don't do what needs to happen. And he's like, okay, we will stop. <laughs> he's literally gets out with his shotgun or his rifle. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. and he is scanning the horizon yeah. like, you know, but, you know, you can see everything, yeah, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, he's like, all right, you may get out and use the bathroom. And and Wurtz looks at Coward and he goes, this is one of my favorite <laughs> characteristics of yours, or personality traits. He goes, he goes, dude, you're going to want to get a picture of this. <laughs> and, and, and I quote, because it's not funny for me now, but it's going to be funny later. <laughs> be funny and he goes out and squats. About twenty uh-huh. feet into the bush, yeah, and and there's you know, a picture the just on high alert. And there's alert. no bushes or trees around. No, so it's you're, just gra- uh, you're it's high, high grass. Okay, there's yes. a, there's a picture of me, Donald Duck, in it, uh, <laughs> like just oh my gosh, just like bare buns, t-shirt, yeah. you know, like that was probably the most like you know miserable experience I had mm. in Africa. Yeah, but I'm thinking of one other. Share. Uh, oh, there's a million. That, well, I've being heard. on the being on public transportation from Kampala to Gulu on oh, the gosh. bus, and we were the only two white people. Um, but I felt like I was definitely like, we are doing it, man. I mean, we we're are in it. We yeah. are in it. That was a really interesting experience. That and a very long bus ride. Yeah, because how long is that? Uh, I mean, at that time, it's probably between seven and eight hours with how bad the traffic. I, and I don't know why were. we took the bus. I mean. I don't know that MAF was flying at that. Like we now take charter like plane rides up there, but, but we couldn't oh, do wow. that. Then. Oh yeah. Hmm. 
w- one of my favorite stories, there's a lot of these, as you can imagine, like mm-hmm. a lot when I actually sit, because I haven't sort of recollected about the stuff in a while, but one of the most amazing nights of my life was we were with Barrett in Southern Sudan, and there was a night where um, he was like, hey, do you want to go like kind of hang with the guys? There's like this sort of little market-ish mm-hmm. that's maybe, yeah. you know, five-minute, ten-minute drive. Sun was setting. It was beautiful, you know, like it was cooling off. So we got in this Jeep, and we sort of, I mean, literally drove, it, literally in the middle of nowhere. You're just kind mm. of like, how do they know where they're going? Mm. You know, the driver's taking, you're like, where are we going? And all of a sudden, you kind of pop up, and there's like this sort of like ramshackle little market where there's four or five kind of vendors in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple of the guys we were with were Lost Boys. And so... Mm. Um, we all got like cokes. A couple of guys got beers, um, and we sat, and they just told us about their story. Wow! And I mean, the the moon. I remember it so well. Like the moon was, you know, was completely black mm-hmm. because there's, mm-hmm. you know, obviously mm-hmm. there's no light, and so the moon. And and these guys are just telling us about like, yeah, like I mean, the craziest stuff you've ever heard in your life. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys are like, yeah. So we walked from Uganda into Kenya and. There was a line of, you know, 500 kids. And I said, well, what, what, like, what happened with lines? He's like, well, I mean, you just, he's like, I watched kids just get picked off. One jump out of the bush, drag a kid in, you just kept oh walking. Yes. Kids By lions. Lions. Yeah. And he said, like, kids would just sit down, you had to keep walking. Yeah. And I was like, you know, but wow. then, but then they're like, but then at the same time, they're talking about God's goodness and his provision <laughs> and how he delivered. And it was just, mm-hmm. Like this perspective shift that was just insane, you know? And then I'm sitting here going, I'm sitting in Sudan in the right. middle, in the literal middle, middle of, of nowhere. nowhere. Like that, right. you can't get more, other than like mm-hmm. Mongolia, you can't get more nowhere than this. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then just hearing that these guys, their stories are just incredible, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. smiling and happy. Right. <laughs> just like, I feel like, how did I, literally, how did I get here? Wow. I don't just mean like emotionally and physically. I mean, you know, spiritually. I mean, physically, how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> That's know, like, amazing. Wow. Yeah. That was one of those It is intense. Amazing. And I also think it's what keeps drawing me to going back all the time mm-hmm. is that you have these experiences like that where what you recognize is that we're all human. Mm. We all have that low point and the circumstances by which we get there and the scenario you're sitting in when somebody's recounting their story looks very different. Yeah. But the reality is they're so unbelievably aware of their of the need, of the place where they needed somebody to rescue them. Yeah. And then they mm. can talk so passionately and joyfully about how that was rescued. Yeah. And they always know who rescued them. Yeah. There was never, they did it themselves. There was never, yeah. you know, the bank account or the parents or the whatever. The Lord provided a way for them. And for a boy to know, like, well, I didn't get dragged off into the bush by the lions. Like, that was obviously God's hand on me. Mm. Mm. It's just amazing. And you're like, I mean, you really do make the gospel appear anywhere. Well, it, and it really, it really, I mean, you know, I, I wrote a, a kind of a record about that with me and you in the world, you know, seven years ago when it was, but just me trying to reconcile my expectations to what was. Mm-hmm. And also this really weird paradigm shift for me of like, I'm not meeting people who want to leave. Mm. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was ready for like, Somebody's hiding in my suitcase, or yeah, yeah, like, 
but yeah. but there was just this sense of like, no, this is this is who I am and where I'm from. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'd like for it to get better, but I'm not looking at you like with animosity. Right. I'm not looking at you like, look what you've done to me, or how dare you be right. who you are. There was just this. Or kind I want of, everything you've got. Or I want everything right. you've got. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that really, really messed with my brain because mm-hmm. I think I was, you know ready for that and then just sort of get there and realize like everybody that was one of the biggest takeaways I had from all those trips was everybody's just trying to do the best they can where they are Mm -hmm. like and uh, and really we just want to be warm and fed and be able to sleep Mm -hmm. and and have love in our life Mm -hmm. and so I think and especially God's love but I think like that was a real 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 paradigm shift for me Mm -hmm. it was decided like oh I don't need to save anybody people tend to be for the most part you know that they're they're happy with where they are because that's where their people are. Right. That's where their life is. That's yep. where their culture is. And so I think it really relieved me of a lot of, to your point, you know, mad about guilt, like this sense of like walking in with this, oh, my God, I feel so bad for right. things that I can't really control. Mm-hmm. I never felt that from anybody. Right. Like, oh, no I remember one. the first time an African said, I would never want to be from America. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, And I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. all I have ever assumed is that the opposite was yeah. true, you know, sure. that you all want to get here. And it's just not. I mean, they see so much beauty in uh, their their history and mm. their home. And, a lot of and pride, which I love. beautiful parts. Like, they were I so mean, proud to be mm-hmm. in art, so proud to be. And you see, once you get there, you're like, yeah, I'd be proud to be from It's amazing, you know. Yeah. And the community, is, yeah, all, all that was just, it was really freeing. Like, it really sort of relieved me of a lot of feeling and I think it really made me so excited about the partnership about being able to talk from stage and using your career to kind of go like hey let's help these friends like this isn't and that was something Barrett and I know we talked about but like Barrett was really good about it's like you know that's the word right it's friends it's not Mm -hmm. help cases it's not these are people we went and met and we spent time with and got to know them we knew their names and they knew ours and you know not like we need to relieve these people of, right. you know. Well, that's the other thing I realized too, probably like at least trip two, maybe trip three and realizing like, I don't know how to like yeah. fix anything here. Mm-hmm. So sure. like, sure. I think the first time like entering as an American, like it's 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 easy to try to think like, well, let's like solve some problems here, you know, like let's get to work. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, and then you start realizing like how massive the and, and like, um, and ingrained a lot of it just like thinking is so you're, you mm-hmm. just start realizing like there's kind of like this isn't a quick fix and it, and you definitely don't you can't just like overlay things that are mm-hmm. like these kids don't have like they don't have running water in their in their bathrooms like we gotta mm. get we gotta mm. get some plumbing in here it's like yeah, maybe not. You know, you don't. We have no idea, like the ram, like w- what right. that actually ends up, how that messes everything up. Sure. So, I think I was able to go in in my subsequent visits a lot more. Like, ah, I yeah, like I yeah. got nothing here. I'm just, I don't even know why I'm here. I, but I'm here. I am. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. and it was a lot more. I think I felt a lot more free to just be there with people. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why I get to be here. Well, yeah, I mean, but here yeah. we are. I'll never forget sitting with, um, I think that it was that first trip. There was a group from Belmont, the Belmont kids that were there. And Larry, we met up with Larry in um, Nairobi <laughs> at um, one of the hostels. I can't remember the, which one we were at that time. But there were all these Belmont kids. And so Barrett had us kind of go hang literally in the same little open air sort of area in this hotel 
we just kind of were on the outskirts and Larry was talking to these kids. And so he came down and sat with us and, you know, we were just like, well, what are we all talking about? And he said, well, it's the same sort of spiel I give everybody on their first trip to Africa. It's like the worst thing you can do to exactly your point, Matt, is like come in here thinking you can do anything. Because let me tell you what I see a lot of relief organizations do. They bring in all this money and, and equipment and people, skilled workers, and they build – whatever they need, right? So they'll go, hey, we could really use like a new church. And so we come in and we build it. But if you actually look around and you you see the periphery, there are all these African men Mm -hmm. who actually build these things Mm -hmm. the way they should be built, Mm -hmm. sitting without work, watching you build this place while you feel great about it. And and not to beat up on, because I've done that, but I think like um, he said the real, the wisdom is to go, what do you need? Go to the leaders and go, what do you need and how can we help you? And mm-hmm. they go, you know, look, we yep. could use some money, but will you let me then pay these men to build what they right. know how to build? Mm-hmm. And then you've actually helped the economy. You've given people work. You've given them money. You've you've built something in the way it should actually be built, not sort of like the American way to come in and, well, let me right. tell you how we do it here. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so I think that was one of those profound moments I had in any of those trips is realizing, like, to your point, you know, like, I've just come in with such a, and it's and it's not an agenda. An agenda. Sure, you don't, you don't sure. realize you have it. I mean, it's human. God makes us to want to be creative and, yeah. and solve problems. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's. I think one of the things that I've appreciated the most is in the building of relationship, you discover their why and their perspective, and often it's so different, so different. than mine. Right. right. And so to be with a group of women who are walking three kilometers to get water and say, I don't want a well. Like, I want to know why. Like, why isn't that important to you? And for their answer, their answer was, um, because we have, you know, we have work to do all day long. We've got these kids everywhere. Some of them are coming from abusive homes. We just want to leave twice a day as a group of women mm. and have this space of community. Yes, like, which is that because you would be like, well. wait, what? We, we won't use <laughs> sure. it. And so you're like, oh, my gosh. So... Just the perspective yeah. of mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with helping build when the time is right and leveraging the pieces at the right moment, but waiting to hear in, in and through relationship, what is this vision and this dream mm-hmm. that the Lord is calling you to is totally different. Well, and just to listen. I mean, right. I think that's yes. the whole point. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. again, that's what Anthony talked about in our Sunday school yesterday with, with lower income ministry that they do. He's like... Just listen. Like, right. yeah. just listen. Just walk in. Good to meet you. What can we do? And then right. shut up. Right. You right. know, he'd made this joke about somebody brought <laughs> this really great air conditioner unit to this church that he helps, that he worships in. And they were like, all right, man. And he said, they, the guy left. They boxed it up, sold it, and then used the money for what they actually yeah, should right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> go, like, yes. that's just so <laughs> right. symptomatic, you know, you know what? Right. We but, prescribe a lot yeah, with our yeah. expectation. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I think that I agree. I, that That's something that I was have been so blessed by in those trips is going, you know, just learning how to be quiet and listen and, right. you know, hear what was needed as opposed to like whatever I thought the perceived need would be. Yeah. You know, we should yeah. have blindfolds on our packing trip and just yeah, everyone no, just cover just your like, eyes yeah, and just listen. Yes, yeah. Just and listen. duct tape for the yeah. mouth. Too. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Did you guys think coming back, maybe not I have to do something because your perspective was shifted, but like, I want to do something. Like, I've been gifted. I want to leverage myself in some way. Did that happen for y'all? And did music make the most sense? Because you ended up using your platform. 
Oh, I, I think so. I think it, with the whole Mo Club idea felt like such a... Because, you know, like I said, I didn't really know what to do. You know what I mean? Sure. I think I was even at the point where I was like, I don't even know if like anything I do is actually going to be helpful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. I don't know yeah. if we want to yeah. try to make these people more like us or like... Mm-hmm. But the, the whole approach of... Um, just getting to like spread the word, you know, and and help to direct funds to places that needed them. Mm-hmm. That was such an easy thing to do. I didn't necessarily feel like burdened to do it, but I felt burdened in the way that it was like it felt like a really creative solution, and I wanted to be a part of it because it was like this is cool. Yeah, we're like making this thing happen. We're building this together. You know, that's why I got excited about. It. I was like. We haven't done this yet. Let's see if this works. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yes. How in turn did that impact, if at all, your music or you personally? Because obviously you sharing on the road, like you guys got thousands of people involved and impacted thousands of communities in Africa. And so I wonder if there was an impact back on you. I don't know. I mean, I think that probably people may, may have given me more credit than I deserve you know <laughs> if that, like it's humbling like, i think barrett at one point you know gave me or maybe it was one of y'all somebody gave me like the the tally of like here's how much here's the impact of your involvement and that was pretty humbling because i i think you know i've just kind of had my head down like we're just doing this you yeah. know it wasn't really like a question and then you look up and you're like oh my gosh this has actually done some damage some positive damage. Some gospel damage. Some gospel <laughs> damage. So, do y'all know the impact of your work? The impact of your voice? Uh, I, I don't know that I do. I don't know that I should. <laughs> yeah, I, I... Oh, really? I heard I heard it a few years ago, but I don't... Do you have it? I have it. You do? Oh, my gosh. I, I did some numbers. Do you want... Ran some numbers? Do you want numbers or impact first? Whatever y'all think. Your role in this has been to leverage your voice. Right to leverage the space on stage and grow a place of awareness so that other people, just like you, Matt, who maybe wanted to do something bigger but wasn't quite sure how, had a place to connect to that. Right. It's $2 million. Holy cow. Whoa. Money. But b- between the two of us? Mm-hmm. Matt's 1.78. No way. <laughs> I mean, it's $2 million. That's wow. incredible. That is amazing. Which translates into over 5500 Men and women who got all the expertise that they needed to wow. impact their community, and that's 5, half a million people impacted. Half a million people. In Are you serious? Jeez Louise. Half a million people. That's crazy. It's huge. It's pretty cool running those numbers. I mean, it's it's not always about numbers. It's about even if we helped one person, yeah. you know, right. we made a difference. But it's pretty amazing when two people leverage themselves and are willing to speak on behalf of. Half a million people. It's huge. And what I love about it, Matt, to your point of humility is just this idea of like we all sit around this table and and we don't feel like we have a cape on our backs. We don't feel Mm. like we have all the answers. I feel pretty ordinary, really. I mean, I'm playing the role that I've been asked to play, but that doesn't feel elaborate or um, supreme. It just feels like the space that God's called me to work and live. And yet, when we band together and do those things as a community, um, the impact gets to be pretty extraordinary. Yeah, I think that was something that was always so like uh, 
powerful about wanting to do is it felt like, I mean, kind of to the point, the cost point, literally like just the price point, it just felt like this is such a minimal, felt like a minimal investment on such a maximum output. I think that was what was something that, Hmm. that's always been something that's been so profound to me about the Mug Club is feeling like this isn't something where you got to put in, that was really Barrett's pitch for forever was kind of this paradigm of like, look, this is a model where you're giving up so little to have such a profound right. output. Because there right. wasn't all the overhead. That yeah. was that was a thing. Like I think he was able to say like all seven dollars is going into the field in, instead of like with some of the other you might you might it might mm-hmm. cost thirty dollars a month, but like what actually ends up, you know, a lot of that's going to like Paying Debbie's salary, she right. you know she works oh, at an Debbie. office, and I, I hate Debbie's the worst. Gosh. Poor Debbie's. <laughs> yeah. We love um, all of our Debbie listeners. <laughs> oh my God. We love you, Debbie. <laughs> that was I remember two thoughts. Kind of your question earlier, Fallon. Like I think, like for me, I remember, you know, this real rub of feeling like I have responsibility. If there's a different, better word, I can't think of it. Responsibility of like. I have to do everything I can because if I do, I mean, and this is a wildly, wildly different scenario, but the Schindler's List thing was how I felt. Like this, hmm. the idea is this end of like, but if I'd have just given a dollar more, it could have saved that many more people. Or the, I really got, I remember seeing that movie around that time being like, obviously this is a profoundly different thing, but I get that sentiment. I get that emotion. And that's, I struggled so much with that. I feel hmm. like, I think that's why I would get so emotional at shows is I was like, guys, this helps people. This is mm-hmm. not pie in the sky. This is not mm-hmm. we're going to get a bunch of money and figure out, like, your money immediately goes to save lives. It goes to give medicine. Mm-hmm. It goes to build wells. Like, this is immediate impact, you know, benevolence. Mm-hmm. And so it just felt like this burden of, like, mm-hmm. if I don't talk about this, people are not getting – which is – Terrible theology in a lot of ways because God is in control. But I did feel this compulsion. I feel like you might and I might have talked about this time, but I was so thankful too because I I was starting to get to that feeling of like, what am I doing? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'd been doing it five or six years at that point um, professionally and was kind of like, this is cool, but like if this is just like check out the Dave parade every night. Like, I'm getting really tired of this. Um, And so I think it was also this wonderful moment in my life of, like, here we go. Here's something I can anchor all this stuff to Mm -hmm. that matters more than I do. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, just because I I, I remember that really well, like that feeling of, like, finally something else that can – because this is getting old. Like, hey, check me out. Ooh, all right, check me out. There's more songs. Mm-hmm. Check me out. You know, but to go like, no, no, I can parlay all of this energy into this thing that actually really matters, right. yeah. <laughs> has significance, um, was really like, it really felt, felt kismet in some ways. Like, oh my gosh, yes, 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 yes. yes. So I think that was a lot of the, the fun, I think, for both of us too, is to feel like, Yes, I like this. Mm-hmm. Let's just plug that thing in, and then I get enough to be you know the check me out show every night. Yeah, you know, yeah, you found your seat at the table. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and something to, to output like a different output than mm-hmm. check out my merch, my thing, and check right. out my website. And I'm well, and a lot of interviews I ended up doing from the Mo Club on were ended up being like a big part of it was about the work. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and so you start realizing like how much people are intrigued by that, like. More than mm-hmm. just like, man, tell me about all about your song. It's like you know, it's just kind of like that. There's <laughs> music's fine, but at the end of the day, I think you know, 
there's only so much to that matters there. Well, and I know? think you know, you, 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 for me, I, I hit, I definitely hit a very tangible, not roadblock, but I came to a season where I was like, I'm getting tired of this. It's I just think we're made that way. I think from yeah. the very beginning in the garden, we're made to divinely create and co-create with the Lord and um, get a space to participate in something divine yeah. and bigger mm-hmm. than ourselves. Table. Yeah, for sure. And that's where you find this fulfillment of life. That, And we all do it in some form or fashion. We all have our Solomon. We try this thing and that thing and that high's great and that story's great and that next career move or that great vacation. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not... There's something different between having a good experience and living fully. Yeah, that's a great word. And yeah. um, finding a place where you can plug into something bigger than you mm-hmm. is part of living fully. I, I almost I, like I, I wish that labels um, or management teams or whoever could sort of have like a liaison to the nonprofit world, so that when a young artist comes in, they can go like, "I know right now this is going to feel a little." left-footed because you're going to be like, why are we spending time on something other? I'm, my career's not even off the ground. But mm. I do think it's such an important piece of a career is mm. to have uh, – and you see why really any artist of any significance – and I'm not looping myself in that, but I'm just saying you can even look up the tiers right. and see like so many artists get to a point where they're like, oh, my God, let me tell you about this new thing I've found or mm-hmm. this right. this nonprofit right. that I've started or right. partnered with because – I just think it's again, and it's human nature to get this place where, like, I'm kind of miserable, like mm-hmm. with the Dave Parade. Right. Mm-hmm. It feels good to have something I can pour into that's not about me mm-hmm. and use all this influence, you know, right. to actually do some real good in the world as opposed to, you know, my right. own world. So, what would you say to the Mocha Club nine dollar giver? In yeah, you guys have skyrocketed Alaska. in Alaska. It's 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 not it's nine dollars now. We it's have nine. lots of different different price points. Oh, there are okay. But um, oh, that's awesome. So if you want to do more, you can. Yeah, you can do as much. I mean, you can do as much as you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll take all of it. We your will money. not limit your financial contribution or partnership. But to a nine dollar giver, what do you say to that person now? You're not making a pitch on stage anymore. But why hmm. do you think their nine dollars matter? Oh my gosh! I mean, it, you can just see the, ex, the how it exponentially regenerates. You know, just even from like what we were talking about, like the numbers that you were running. I mean, like it all adds up. You know, and the impact is huge. And hopefully, one of the things that you know, the, one of the things that I really have advocated for with the Mo Club is like having really transparent like updates with you know using video and like and photo like just be able to like show actual like here are the people this is it and we took this like last week and because you can now you know um and yeah to really like and maybe even just kind of like almost meditatively sit with the reality of that impact because even as you were saying even as you were like saying those numbers i don't think it like registers you know but like as i was just like sitting and letting that soak in it Mm -hmm. it actually like i felt it you know Mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of things just go by and Mm -hmm. you know you can give the nine dollars a month and not even really like feel it you know, some people do. Some, or remember it, it. Or remember it. Um, but it's it's also like just kind of like it could be a cool invitation to mm. like occasionally stop and just become aware and conscious of 
what's actually happening in that transaction. You yeah. know, it's it's a really cool opportunity to like to to be um, invited into like a bigger story. You know, than, than my own. That's awesome. You know, I think two reasons. I think one for other people why it's a good thing to do, and why it's yeah, it's just a wise thing is one for how it helps other people, right? So like um, just literally what it's doing from providing medicine, shelter, uh, water, the millions of things that you guys are helping with, I think one. And then two, I think for what it does for yourself, like just that we are hardwired for benevolence to bless us. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, is also important that we are living the way that we're programmed to live mm-hmm. and just what it does for yourself. So mm-hmm. I think thankfully those two things for me are the, are the real impetus or the real drivers, you know? Well, we um, couldn't and wouldn't want to do this work without you. Totally. And the thousands of other people that join you in MOCA and um, in giving to the Mocha Club and African Leadership. Thank you both for Thanks, y'all. Yeah, being Thanks, awesome. Yeah, thank you, Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in, friends. We hope that you enjoyed this conversation um, with Dave and Matt. We had a great time sitting down with them. As always, if you wouldn't mind heading over to iTunes and leaving a rate and review on this episode, that would be really helpful for getting the word out. And come on, come over. Come over to the social media world and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. For Mocha Club, it's at Mocha Club and African Leadership at African Leadership. Super easy. So hope to see you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in.